The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the world. We've been waiting for you. What's right with you? How do you find out? How can you improve your finances, health, relationships, business, and more? Welcome to the Access Consciousness Radio Show. We'll help you find that awareness with tools that actually work. Now, here are your hosts, the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here. Welcome to Access Consciousness here on the Voice America Show. And today I have as my guest, Mr. Brendan Watt, all the way from Australia. Of course, the reality is I'm in Australia. We're too. in Australia. We're in Australia. We're, we're in Australia. Australia, in Perth. Yeah. Hi, Gary. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. So, we're going to have a conversation about your inner voice. Because, you know, in the metaphysical community, they're always talking about your inner voice. And when I was growing up, they talked about your inner voice, which was your outer voice, which was your conscience that was always telling you when you were, you know, when you shouldn't do things you wanted to do. You know, to keep you on the straight and narrow. And then there's, you know, the people who have entities in them and the entities are talking and they're not. And then there's the people who hear the voice of God, except sometimes it's not God, it's just a demon. And then there's, you know, it's like, so do we really have an inner voice? Do we need an inner voice? Or do we have a willingness or a need for greater awareness? Yeah, and one one thing that I got when I started Access was a lot of those voices inside my head weren't even my... They weren't even my thoughts. They were everyone else's thoughts around me for however many thousand miles, and I was picking them all up. And when I started using the tool, who does this belong to? I was like, wow, none of this is really even my... Yeah, I know. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the greatest gifts you can get is to ask, who does this belong to? It's like I did that for every thought, feeling, and emotion I had for like six months. And it's like at the end of six months, I realized that everything I was picking up, none of it was mine. Yeah. I was not, you know, it's like I was just a psychic SpongeBob, and that's all I was. And I was like this guy who just picked up everybody else's thoughts, feelings, and emotions all the time. And I, you know, I really became aware of who I was more from that than almost anything else I ever did. Yeah. And you've talked about that, and I've tried to do it many times, and I've never got to six months, so. <laughs> that means you'll never get this clear. I'll never be good. You'll never be good. You'll be bad, though, because I know you. You like to be bad. So one of the things that I think is most interesting is to, you know, to really actually, you know, sort of maybe since since we're not going to be able to have call-ins, this is a pre-record, folks, sorry. Um, so, but the reality is, like, one of the things that happened for me at one point is I had been, you know, doing this stuff, and I was with my second wife. And we were visiting some friends in San Diego, and they, you know, couldn't tell whether they were home or not. So I said, I'll be right back. Uh, you know, I'm going to go up and knock on the door. I'll be right back. Don't go away. And it's like it was just, you know, one of those offhanded things you say. And it's like my wife got in the driver's seat, and she roared off down the road. 
And I heard in my head, she's stealing our son. I went, what? Not she's stealing my son. She's stealing your son. She's stealing our son. And I realized that there had to be somebody else in my head talking to me. So I did some some regression work and discovered that I actually had my second wife from an Indian incarnation who had been put on the fire with me and you know in that lifetime and died with me as a result of it on the funeral pyre and you know and in that lifetime apparent that kid had been our son and so she literally was saying he's she's stealing our son and i went whoa this is so weird that people can talk to you like this that you know that you have these awarenesses of you know entities that have been stuck with you from lifetime after lifetime so all the, all the entities that you have stuck to you and everything you've done to allow them to continue to exist that are having an influence on you, you're just trying to create all that. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. Wow. And the other thing is the inner voice. You know, as you mentioned earlier, it's like none of this stuff belongs to you, but you pick it up. And when you're a kid, you're like, for the most part, I noticed and I found for a whole lot of kids that they're so aware it's unbelievable. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, have you had any experiences with your kid? That, you know? Oh, definitely. And the amount of awareness. Well, also for me, it was looking, after starting Access, it was actually looking at my childhood and going, wow, all of that was, I actually had this level of awareness. And now I have a nine-year-old son and he's, he's, um, he's, he's aware too. He's like you say, he's a SpongeBob of the universe and picks up everyone else's stuff and, some of these simple tools that access it, some of the tools that are in the bars class and in the cores, in the core classes that are really some of the greatest tools to use with kids, like who does this belong to? And, well, it, you know. And is this yours? Is this yours? One of the things I love to ask the kids, who are you being? And they're doing the nutso routine. Yeah. Who like, are you being? Like when I ask my son that now and he just screams at me, I'm being me. But then the funny thing is, is within a couple of minutes, he's completely changed his, how he's being. And one of the things I love with kids is even if you think they don't listen to you, they get it when you ask them a question and it might take them five minutes or two days or a week. And just by asking that question to a kid, it actually it gives them this place where they can look at. Well, they start to question it. Yeah. And it's like, and that's one of the greatest gifts there is, is to get your kids to question it. Yeah. I find it most amusing. I know that the you know the inner voice the other day. My grandson woke up. It's like my he woke up because the light was on in his room, and there was no way of figuring out how that light got turned on. And then a couple of days later, he's running down the hallway screaming, "There's a there's a first there's a monster in my room. There's a monster in my room." You know, and he's running down the hall away from his room, screaming about the monster. And it's like, you know, it's like, I don't have the point of view that he didn't know it. My yeah. point of view is, okay, what was there and what was that, what was creating that? And my daughter was like a little freak. She wanted to move, which is usually <laughs> most people's response. Oh my God, there's a ghost in my house. I want out. Uh, problem is that sometimes that doesn't get rid of them. Because if they yeah. find somebody who can actually see them or hear them, they really want to communicate. So they come back again and again. 
You know, so we got to teach the kid that that inner voice he hears isn't his. Well, we also got taught as kids. I know I did that if you if you hear these inner voices, if you if you see things that other people don't see, you're nuts. So for my whole life, I just tried to hide it. It was like if that came up, I didn't I didn't hear anything. Nope, I didn't, I didn't see hear anything. anything. I didn't see anything. I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> about. Yeah. So, which isn't the case. No, and I think for most of us, I don't think it's the case for that not to be a reality. It's like when you get that these, you know, these voices you hear, it's like are actually not necessarily not there. They're actually there, but they're not you. There's somebody else talking. Yeah. You know, and or that you're hearing them from other people. So what have you made so vital about possessing the voices in your head? It keeps you from seeing what is not yours. Everything that is times a godzillion we just run and created on. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. So what have you made so vital about possessing the voices you hear in your head that keeps you... That keeps you from... Did you get... <laughs> okay, so apparently I'm not as quick as Dane. Apparently you're not. Okay, we're going to have to replace you then. We're going to have to go back to Dane. <laughs> You know, Dane is in uh, Sweden right now. So it's like, so he couldn't be on at this time because it's not exactly the right time for him. So everything, you know, it's like that, you know, so you possess <laughs> these voices in your head as though they are a oh, a source of reason. Right. Everything that is times a godzillion, we just trying to create it all. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. Ow. Wow. So what have you made so vital about possessing the voices in your head that keeps you looking for a voice of reason? Everything that is times a godzillion, we just trying to create it all. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. So, what, okay, well, apparently that's going to take care of it for most oh, people. Oh, damn, because I just got that one now. Oh, you finally got so it? So you don't want to do it again. Wow, you were slow. I know, but I got it. Now you don't want to do it. <laughs> well, you're going to have to get faster if you want to okay, do it. Okay, okay. I can, well, d see, I need to get this thing about abbreviating things. So, vital possession. What have you made so vital about possession? Vital is V. I'll get that. Okay, good. Okay. So, uh, so what else are we going to talk about? Oh, yeah. So it's like, you know, you got to get that there's entities, all kinds of stuff. You know, you, you ask who does this belong to is the way to get rid of the thoughts, feelings, and emotions of your neighbors and stuff. Yeah. And it's like I've been trying to tell everybody forever. It's like, you know, it's like, well, how do, how do we get, you know, how do we get these points of view in the first place? Well, one person has them. So it's like, you know, I tried to describe this sort of like that game of, uh, what do you Chinese call it? whispers. Chinese whispers, it. and yeah, in Australia, in the United States, you call it telephone, where you sit, you know, and you whisper in the person's ear next to you, and then it goes around the circle. Well, it's sort of like what you know. What first comes up is, you know, one person is sitting, you know, sitting in their room, going, "Oh my God, I'm such a bore," and the person next door hears, "I need to go to the store," and the person next door sees, "I'm such a whore," <laughs> and the next person who, you know, it's like, you know. Where where am I going to get more? And it's like, so it just sort of like alters as it goes around from person to person because we try to make it fit our own personal reality. Yeah. And it's like, that's what we do when we have all these thoughts floating around on us. So it's very interesting. But it's like, I think 
we're going to be doing a live stream bars class. We are. We are this year from Australia. We're actually doing it here in Australia, and it's in November, 26th of November. Um, so, so you can you, do it on live stream, or you can come to, you know, where is it, Maloolaba? No, it's in Noosa. Noosa. And, and also, this is the first bars class Gary Douglas has done in a long time. We uh, asked him. Yeah, about 20 <coughs> some odd years. We asked Gary, how long since you've done your last bars class? And he couldn't remember. So we figure it's... It's got to be close to 20 years. Oh, and you can get it. Look, I have the website right here with us now. Accessbarswithgarydouglas.com. Wow. All I even have my own special yep. website. Oh, my God. That's too friggin' funny. I know. You know, and I think we're going to do the Foundation One after that, and we're going to do... That's uh, next yeah. year. The Foundation One is next year. Oh, uh, it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's only the bars class that I'm doing? Well, you have other classes, but you're doing the bars class. Wow. Yeah. I'm pretty impressed, because I haven't taught one in years. So it'll be... I'll be, like, all weird, because I won't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I just like having my bars run. Personally, that's like talking about stopping the voices in your head. Exactly. Bars are amazing. And it's like, and also it stops all the doubt stuff too, which is very cool. Uh, and I like your quote. You actually have a quote on the site that says, there are two things that will change anything in your life, the bars and choice. Yeah. Too true. I know. Isn't it amazing? I love that. Yeah. You know, I love access because I watch people change all the time. And normally, you know, we, we are able to take calls. And the call-in questions that people come up with is like, wow. So I know, amazing. and I'm, I'm actually fortunate enough to get all the feedback from all you guys out there and that listen to this show and send your feedback in. And, and it's amazing the stuff that comes back. Yep. And, and one of the things I noticed last week, and this may be off the topic, but oh well, um, is... I sat there and watched you guys do a Voice America, and and I was like, I really got the sense of how much it's contributing to all of the people out there who who listen to this show and and get these tools and jump on every week, and it's like, it's amazing. So yeah, I, you know, I was really impressed because when we did uh, the last two and three that I did in Denver, it's like there were people there who'd been listening to Man of Voice listening to us on Voice America for two years and they finally had made it and they were saying, Oh, it's so great to meet me in person because they yeah. you know it's like they felt like they knew me from from this show, which I think is very cool. Yes. So Bring, bring. We have another guest. We have a question coming in. <laughs> ah, this, we is have our, a question. this is our question. This is Simone. She's coming in to, where, to have a question. Where am I from? I'm from Perigian Beach in Australia. <laughs> Don't know how I managed to find the phone number to call in. Hey, question. With the finding, because it's finding your inner voice. Find, you know, it's like, you know, it, you know, it's like finding the inner voice. But it's like what you want to do is find yeah. out what the inner voice actually is. That's what I. Yeah. That's what I want you guys yeah. to talk more about, okay. and perhaps I know we've only got a couple more minutes on this section, because I get when you're talking about the tools of like who does this belong to, is this mine, etc., and it's like the clarity that's, and the awareness. That's taking care of the place yes. where you actually are looking for that voice in your head that's going to give you the answer. Yeah, which usually doesn't occur, mm. and it's like with the you know the thing about your conscience will guide you. Right. It's like I discovered long ago that my conscience was an evil little fuck and he would, you know, send me down the wrong path yeah. all the time. 
So it's like I began to realize I couldn't trust my conscience because my conscience was actually the little devil on my shoulder, not the little angel. Well, you know, I used to say to my mom all the time when she, if I got in trouble when I was a kid, I'd go, the devil made me do it. Yeah. Because it was totally like, well, you can go mad at me, but it's not my fault because the devil made me do it. So, yeah. <laughs> so but, but I'm wondering. You must have like, the same conscience I have. Yes. How, how often or how little or what, I don't know, are people actually willing to have a look at who they are or what it is that they desire no, and require? No, it's like the problem is most people are not willing to see what they desire and require because in truth, they hear so many voices from all over. And it's like, you know, it's like if you pick up other people's thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and you are capable of like trying to handle them or deal with them, it's like I was talking with a lady the other day, and she had her whole life, she'd always been able to see what other people wanted, but she had no idea what she wanted. None. Because it had never been that she was sort of included in what was going to occur. She was always somehow outside of this. And she was, you know, she would know what they wanted, but she had no clue what she wanted. And that's the way it works. Most of us have no clue what we want. We only have a clue what somebody else wants. So, you know, so that's the way it sort of works. And you got to get that this, you know, there's a different possibility in life. But you got to clear up those voices that are not yours right. before you can get clear about what is yours. Okay, so do you have some more tools when we come back yep, from the break? We have too, some. But- we'll be coming back from a break in a very like, short help, time help. so uh <laughs> you know thank you everybody for joining us here on the voice america show on access consciousness and we'll be back in a few minutes after these messages thanks for joining us thank you What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? When you're pondering the big questions like, is there more than this? How can I have a happy relationship? What would it take to like my body? And how do I make more money? Where do you go for information and tools? Check out the online store at accessconsciousness.com. Accessconsciousness.com has books, DVDs, instant video and audio downloads, online classes, and so much more. Subjects include abuse, changing your body, recovery, raising children, business techniques, tools to generate more money, how to have better sex and healthier relationships, just to name a few. At accessconsciousness.com, you can also find facilitators who teach local classes on a variety of subjects. Accessconsciousness.com, your one-stop shop for tools to assist you in changing your life. 
all of life comes to us with ease, joy, and glory. Go to accessconsciousness.com to learn more. You are tuned in to Access Consciousness. To join in on the discussion today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to va at accessconsciousness.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to Welcome back, everybody. It's Gary and, and, Brandon. I, and Brandon and Simone, uh, who are all here helping, as they <laughs> always do. To make my life better. Where you where with where you're filling for Dane today? Yes, there's yes because sweet. We're Dane Australian version of Dane. You're are, that's it. You're this. You're the Australian Dane. Yes, that would make you Savane <laughs> and I couldn't Brendan. even follow your head then. Brendan. Okay. Anyway, you're going. Yes, my, well, it's like I think I'm trying to get into Dane's head. Yeah, because his brain is so bizarre. Is He's that, very witty. Is that how that happens, though, too, when people yeah. try and get into other people's head to see how they are, and then that yeah. becomes their, like the projections, the separations? Yeah. You know, it's like, and all those things, it's like, you know, thing is, one of the things that, one of the tools that we came up with today, or not came up with, came up with a conversation today, was about how we have this tendency to pick up the thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and, the, you know, projections and expectations, separation, judgments, and rejections, of other people all the time. And it's like, you know, it's like Simone and Brendan are in a relationship. They've been together about four years. Yeah. And it's like, and when they got together, there was this degree of projection and expectation about how your relationship was supposed to be and who you were supposed to be and why you were doing it. And see, it's like, so, so Brendan, did you make as much money as Simone at the time? Mm-mm. No, so, I still don't. <laughs> yeah, you still don't. Well, get to work. But, if, but the thing is, as well, is if you would if I would have sat here on this radio show four years ago and you said that, I would have ran screaming and hiding because of all those. I was also aware of all those projections and expectations, but I was also in resistance to being in a relationship. So it was. Yeah, well, considering your former one, I'm not surprised. You know, but I won't talk about that. Never that, mind. That will keep. Yes, that will keep as a secret. Forever. <laughs> okay. So the thing is that what you, you know, like the, the thing you got to get is like in the, in life, you get these projections and expectations of people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like in you, Simone, did you have any projections and expectations delivered at you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, just a few. I mean, I'm older than Brandon. It's like he's, he's this super handsome, <laughs> young, studly guy that it, does, it doesn't, it didn't seem like that, that was supposed to happen. And it's yeah. like, there's, you know, I mean, there's a lot of ac- people who come along to access, like a lot of women who come along to access and it's like, Brennan walks in he's supposed to be like the one that, I don't they know. I'm just a tradie. It's- and, um, you know, definitely there was a lot of projections. I mean, we were just talking about it that only just recently did we feel, uh, comfortable, you know, like sitting next to each other in an access class without, Without being concerned doesn't necessarily mean the projections and yes, expectations the, no, are stopped. That's the truth. It's like the reason you were concerned is because you could perceive the projections and expectations. And that's the thing that always fouls mm-hmm. us up. It's because we can always perceive those and we go, but that shouldn't be there. 
And because we know it shouldn't be there, we keep thinking somehow it's going to disappear. But yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. And that's, that's the greatest, from my personal perspective, that's the thing that makes most of it the most difficult is it doesn't actually make a whole lot of sense, the stuff that people do. But that's sort of part of the voices you get in your head, too, is all those projections and expectations. Yeah. And it's like... Okay. So that's my phone. Is it fine? That's I'm, my phone on backup recording. So, Gary, even like I remember when... Uh, I mean, I've, I've been working with you now for about 14 years, you and yeah. Jane. Incredibly lucky. And... Incredibly good as well. <laughs> thank you. And throughout the years, I remember twice when I rang you earlier on in the piece and I was like, I can't do this. I quit. And you were like, what's going on? Why? And I was like, I can't handle the judgments. Yeah. And you got me to, one of the greatest tools you gave me was you went, well, are they judging you or are they judging what they haven't created? Yeah. And that helped me a lot because it was yeah. like, I and I realized like there was a momentary choice where I was like, okay, I can get to choose less of me and less of my life based on other people's judgments and projections or... I can be an interesting point of view of this, be aware of it, and what would it take to be an invitation to everyone who's actually functioning from that? You know, the problem is that, you know, most of the people in the world, they have that little inner voice that keeps telling them how bad they are, except the voice is seldom ever there. Yeah. Which I think is quite interesting. And another thing that we talked about today as well that came up was, is this my reality or is this someone else's? Yeah. So when stuff like that comes up, okay, it's, you know, is this mine? No. And is this my reality? Is this the way that I'd like to function or is this the way that I... Yeah. But it's in- like the thing is most people don't ever learn how to function from their own reality because oh, they're never given that choice. It's been a seriously or, tough one yeah. for me was what we when you used to talk about, you know, you know, what would you like your life to look like? What would you like? And I was like, what is he talking about? I know, like, aren't you supposed to do what like, everyone else does and all yeah. of that? And it hasn't been until probably lately that I've started getting that and started looking at, okay, what is it that I'd like my reality to look like? Yeah. To be like, to – and can be different every day. It's getting up and going, okay, what would I like my reality to be like today? And it can yeah. be – well, the thing is, it's like what you got to do is realize that your reality is not a solid thing. It's not a it's not a fixed point of view. And what most people think is that re- if they have their reality, they finally have their fixed point of view from which everything runs. Mm-hmm. But it's like that's like saying, okay, I'm you know I'm an island in the sea of adversary adversity. And it's like, and so I am here all by myself, and there's nobody else around. Except I hear all these voices in my head because all these people yelling at me from off the edge of the island going, what about me? What about what I want? Yeah. And it's like, and you're not an island. You're always aware of other people's stuff. I'm always aware of the projections and expectations people have of me. But the thing is, I know it's not my reality to have that kind of solidity of points of view. And it's like for me, it's what's really true is that the awareness that there is no nothing that needs to be fixed and everything that can be created. And it's like there's you know, it's like if nothing is fixed and everything can be created, what choices do we have that we don't normally know we have? Yeah. So that's a really big thing, Gary, you just said, because most people in this reality try and fix something. Yeah. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, and so like at one point I was having a conversation with Dane and you know, and it totally changed all of access. Because I said, you know, it's like, why are these people still choosing this? 
And and Dane goes, well, you got to fix it. I said, but you can't fix something that doesn't work. You have to choose something different. And he goes, no, that's not the way it works here. So what do you mean it's not the way it works here? He goes, well, everybody knows you have to fix it. I said, why wouldn't you, if it doesn't work, why wouldn't you choose to do something different? He goes, because you can fix it. I say, what? And I realized at that moment that that was most people's points of view. If something doesn't work, fix it. Not if something doesn't work, do something different. But for me, it had always been my entire life. If something doesn't work, do something different. And so I was always looking for what I could do that would be different, that would create a different possibility, rather than doing what everybody else thought was appropriate or the best or whatever, because that doesn't actually work. So it's like one of the things that I noticed is that you know, it's real easy for me to see what, you know, to hear what's in people's heads. And primarily I got to that by realizing that the voices in my head, oh yeah, weren't mine. And it's, you know, it's like if you do this thing of who does this belong to for three full days? Who does this belong to for three full days? Now, you're not going to do it like like instantaneously all day long. You forget, you start again, you yeah. forget, you start again. <laughs> yeah. Usually how it works is you spend like 10 minutes and you go, oh my God, that's too much work. And everything's mine. It must be, it must be, it must be. And then yes, you go. because you're aware uh, of it. And then you go, oh, no, it's not. And it's like, and, you know, it's like, and then you, you remember and then two hours later you go, God, I'm supposed to be doing that. Who does this belong to? We could just put sticky notes on our heads. and Yeah, in front of our eyelids. Yeah. So every time we blink, we see who does this belong to. That would actually be helpful. Maybe we could just tattoo that on the inside of all eyelids when they come in. Tattoo on everyone else's head. Yes. But no. Oh, everybody else's head. If it was on everybody else's head, then you'd be reading it. Who's this belong to? Who's this belong to? For every time you see somebody. That's really funny. That'd be a good idea. <laughs> Sounds like a television show to me. But, uh, you know, it was just, it's so interesting to finally realize that I finally got clear that I had no thoughts, feelings, or emotions in my head that everything that I was picking up belonged to somebody else. Yeah. And it's like, if you finally get that, you don't need the inner voice that's going to give you the guidance that is going to tell you what to do. And the real, the real inner voice you want is the voice of awareness, the voice that's going to let you know when what you're doing is being aware, not being like somebody else. And that's the reason you're going to use that thing of, is this my reality? And you know, it's like people say, well, how do you find your own reality? Well, for me, I started out with looking at, I started looking at how I'd like to live. I grew up in a middle, 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 middle class neighborhood where my parents would only replace the furniture that the upholstery wore out on and that they would put in the attic. And then they would take the new furniture and put it in exactly the same place as the old place had been. They would never change anything. You know, it's like they wouldn't change it. They'd just replace it. And I went, why wouldn't you change this around? There's got to be a better way of arranging this, this household. And that was before television. You know, now everybody arranges their whole house around, around the television. television. Yeah. Television is here. Everything else is arranged around it. And it's like... It's so funny because I don't have a television in my living room. I will not have a television in any room in which multiple people get together. I have a television in my bedroom. 
So multiple people don't get together in your bedroom? No, they don't get together in my bedroom. Not we my cleared bedroom. that up. That's yes, you know, it's like, clear. just to be clear, Dane's bedroom might be a different story, but in my bedroom, no. So it's, you know, so it's like, I, I don't believe in having, you know, having your primary place, you know, your, your living room arranged around your television is like, why bother? So it's, you know, it's like, I used to come up with all kinds of great solutions. I had a, uh, I had a television set that was a very large one. And, you know, that was in the old days when they had, you know, the back ends of them were mm. big too, you know, not and flat not flat screen. It was not a flat screen. And so I had this, I had this big television set. So I made this round wooden top for it. And I put a, uh, you know, put attachments on it so it would hold it steady. And then I made it a tabletop on top of this thing. And then I put it on top of a box that had the VCR and stuff in it and had a giant tablecloth over it, which I could roll back and have the TV there. But when company came, it was disappeared. But I was always very inventive. I always had great inventive ways of hiding television sets because I think they're ugly. I remember you had a big picture of a horse over your one. Yes, I know. I love it. I had a giant, yes, and a giant picture of horses over it that Dane had taken. He's quite a good photographer too. He's really amazing. I don't. I don't think he has his website up anymore. But he used to do some great friggin' photography. Love that stuff. At any rate, um, so what was I saying? Oh yeah, yeah so talking it, about creating. So it's like your I started looking around because I had grown up in a family where nothing changed, mm. and it's like, and I like things to change and be different and stuff. It's like I was looking around, going, "What kind of, you know, what kind of life would I like to have? What would I like to live with?" Because we had, you know, we had the same blonde furniture for, oh, I don't know, 50 years. We had the same, you know, it's like, we actually didn't get new furniture until we moved out of the house that I grew up in. Okay, then we got new furniture because we were moving into a new house. But prior to that, we didn't have new furniture. We had the same furniture forever. And so it was always, it was so interesting to actually have this situation come up where I realized I have to figure out what I want to live with. Now you have new stuff all the time. Yeah, mostly new old stuff because I like old stuff. <laughs> yeah. But I have new old stuff. I don't have old, uh, well, I have new yeah, old, old stuff, new not old stuff. Old stuff. I have old new stuff. No. But at any rate. Well, it yeah. was the same with me when I yeah. when I met you guys. It was like I had, I didn't, I always had a sense that there was something no, there was better things in life, but I didn't really know what it looked like. I mean, everyone I'd surrounded myself with was doing week to week and not living the way that I knew was possible. And when I met you guys, I was like, ooh, all right, that's more my kind of style. And yeah, but you have to find different. out what your style is. You know, yeah. you have to look at how you want to live. I remember when I was a kid, we'd go out, you know, it's like Sunday was, let's go out and look at open houses. And go, are we moving? And they go, No. Well, why are we looking at open houses? Because we just want to see how, you know, what other things look like. And I, yeah. you know, I was a kid and I would run into a house and, I mean, I remember this one house had a wishing well in the living room. A well in the living room with a bucket on it and the little, you know, thing over it. It was very, you know, early American country look. I loved the house. <laughs> I said, can we buy this house? Let's buy this house. I love this house. And my parents said, no, honey, we can't afford that house. And I went, I want to be able to afford a house like this. So it's like it was a big house, and we lived in a little tiny house. 
Our house was maybe 800 square feet. We had a tiny living room, a tiny, you know, dining room, a tiny kitchen, a tiny bathroom, and two tiny bedrooms that we lived in. And then an upstairs that had never been developed that, you know, I don't know why they're a little different now, though. Yeah, a little different now. I'm living a different style of life. But so it's, that's by that's how you start to find out what you realize by actually going out and seeing what you'd like to have in your life and what, how you'd like to live. Yeah. And I looked at people that had money that were unkind. I didn't want to do that. But then I met people who were very rich and were incredibly kind. And I thought, you know, it's like you don't have to be unkind to be rich. Yeah. And and it's like there's a whole different world out there. All we're going to do is choose it. And so that was when I became aware that I needed to figure out what my reality is and how I wanted to live and what my reality was going to be. And you also, there was a, there's a tool, I don't know, it came up a while ago, was if you had, you know, $5 million or $500 million in your bank account that replenished, you're like, what would you choose? And when I started looking at that, money was not the biggest thing in my reality anymore because the things I was choosing, it was like, oh, Okay, so if I had that kind of money today, one thing you said to me in the car yesterday was a lot of people think that if they had more money, they'll have a bigger life. Yeah. Which isn't true. And I went, wow, that's so, that was one of those things where I went, wow, that's so true because we all ask for more money thinking that's going to be our reality. And that's going to create your reality and that's going to give you more choice. But more money doesn't necessarily give you more choice. I've met people who do, but not everybody. So we're going to have to go to break. So we'll come back and we'll talk some more about this. And uh, shortly, thank you for joining us here on The Voice America Show. And welcome to Access Consciousness. This is Dr. Dean. Do you know you're here to bring something to this world that would change it for the greater? What if you're actually one of the few people on the planet that has the capacity and the courage to be the level of greatness that changes worlds? I'm starting a new telecall series on August 29th called Expressing Your True Greatness. During this six-part series, I'll be inviting you to express your true greatness in a way you've always known should be possible, but may have never had the inspiration or the tools to choose before. Just go to drdanehere.com forward slash teleclasses for all the info. Your true greatness is calling, my friends. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Dane here, and I would like to invite you to an adventure in being. I've just written and finished a new book known as Being You, Changing the World. Are you one of those dreamers? One of those people who's always known that other possibilities should be available but haven't yet been able to see them be created? Well, I wrote this book for you. In it, you'll find tools, processes, and unique perspectives to change the things you've always wanted to change but didn't know how. In it, you'll find an invitation to a different possibility for a way that we can be in this world that changes not only our lives, but by being us, allows us to contribute to changing everything planet-wide that doesn't work. Are you aware that truly great people, truly being them, is the only thing that has ever created a great change on this planet? Are you willing to step up? Are you willing to be one? Check out a copy of my new book, Being You, Changing the World. I invite you to go to beingyoubook.com for a free gift. You are tuned in to Access Consciousness. To join in on the discussion today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to va at accessconsciousness.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to 
Welcome back, everybody. It's Gary and, and Brendan. Brendan and Simone on the Voice America uh, Access Consciousness Show. So it's like, you know what? I like this Voice America Empowerment Network. They've been doing some cool stuff, and it's like I'm really glad that we're doing all these programs because it's like the feedback has been wonderful. There was only one person who was really upset with me because... They said that if I'm going... Yes, one person was very upset. One that we know of. Well, this person was really objecting because they said that I was... Eating too many lollies. I was going to say, are you kidding? (laughs) (laughs) No, they said I was, you know, rattling too much paper while eating cookies. Didn't I know about putting cookies on plates? And it's like the... The bad news is because in doing these shows, it's like all of a sudden my blood sugar drops down through the basement. We get to certain ones of these things. And that's one of the things I've noticed about Access is the three basic food groups are sugar, salt, and water. And so it's like I need those at different times. And, And with water, nobody notices when I'm drinking. But when I need cookies, it's like I usually have a, a little package of cookies around somewhere near me at all times. But it's like I didn't realize I was rattling the paper, so I don't plan on these things in advance. So I apologize to the person that I upset by rattling papers. And uh, you know what's funny about but, that as well, though, is like thing if something like that is coming up for you, like I've got shit so much right now that he's rattling papers. Was that something that you had projected on you as a kid, where oh, yeah. you're always too noisy and you're always eating too much candy or whatever it is? And just trying to create all those places that you bought that as real. Yeah. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. Apparently a whole lot of people do and, that. And look at, okay, is this even my point of view? Yeah. You know, it's amazing when you realize that a whole lot of the points of view you have uh, really are never yours. Like that conversation I had today with people about, you know, all the projections and expectations, you know, it's like in, with you guys on your relationship and stuff. Mm. You know, it's like, and it's so funny because people project that, you know, people project that Dana or I are in a relationship. Just because we sound like an old married couple doesn't mean we're in a relationship. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Well, it came the day for me where it was time to end that, where it was time for, I'm not going to live my life anymore based on what people are expecting of me. Because if a lot, you know, a lot of us go around and we, we, we base our realities on what does this person expect of me? What does that person expect of me? If my mum expects this, I'll act this way. And it's just, oh, it's just a crazy loop. So, well, I mean, one of the best examples I ever got, I was doing the seven day in Texas and this woman who was 73, I said, you need to destroy and uncreate all this stuff and, and not, not have this problem with this thing. And I can't even remember what it was about. She says, Oh, I could never do that. My mother would be so upset I with me. I love this story. I go, your mother would be upset with you? How old is your mother? She's dead. <laughs> I said, and you're living your life today based on what your mother would think about what you're choosing? It's like, when do you get to choose your life for you? And it's like, and it was so amazing to me that so many people have this point of view that they've got to do it according to what their parents wanted of them or somebody wanted of them. And they never satisfy them, so they're still trying to do that, even though the person's dead. So how many of you out there are still trying to satisfy somebody who's dead already by living your life according to their needs, wants, requires, or desires? 
everything that is times a godzillion. We just trying to create it all. Yes. Riding on good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. So how much of what you're doing is based on somebody else's needs, requires, desires wow. of you wow. to keep wow. you from actually choosing your reality for you? Everything that is times a godzillion, we just don't create it all. Yes. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine, shorts, boys, and beyonds. Really quite amazing. Hey, you know what? It's really cool. What? It's like a whole bunch of people are actually buying the uh, pearls of oh, possibility. Yeah. Do, you, do you have any idea how many? No, I don't. But they're coming in all the time. But I have had a few people randomly contact me who listen to Voice America, have never been to an access class. Yeah. And... You can if you go to Gary and Dane's site, whenisthetime.com, and just scroll down on the right hand side, there's a link of how to sign up and uh, purchase the polls of possibilities, which is five dollars uh, a month for yeah. all the clearings mm. from Voice America. Yeah, so you can run them on a loop at night for yourself and mm. get deeper clearings. Because if you run them on a loop, they go deeper and deeper and deeper. And Gary actually does and it too. Gary made his own loop. I, I know. It. Yay! I love it. Aren't you impressed? I'm hey, very the impressed. one thing I, I don't know. This is just such a sidebar note, but everybody out there listening, it's like if you. I know we have an advertisement about the bars on here. Yeah. But if you are just listening to Voice America and not going to any classes, it's like see if you can get your bars run somewhere. Because yeah, getting your bars run your bars. is incredible. It's like it changed my. I mean, the first time I got my bars run, I burst out crying. Yeah. <laughs> and then you don't have to cry to get your bars yeah. run. Well, Dane it's burst like, out laughing the first time. Yeah, it changed my whole reality. Like my the receiving, which mm. today I just got crunched again with receiving. And it's like it's uh, it's increased all the time, my level of receiving. I never thought that I could, my point of view, my little inner voice, whatever you want to call it, was sort of going to that place of like I wasn't allowed to receive. I had to give. Yeah. was exactly my point of view but for so many years. Was that really your point of view no. or was that what you were sold and told? No, that's what I was sold and told. Yeah. And it's like that does nothing except uh, not validate me in any way of like of who I am. It's like this continuous place yeah. of like trying to give and it's like where am I in the computation? Yeah, and that's so, really a good question to ask. Where am I in the computation of my own life? It's because I see a whole lot of people who are always going, well, I, I do this for this person, and I do this for this person, I do this for this person, and what do you do for you? What? You know, and I've always said, it's like one of the things you want to do, if you really want to increase receiving in your life, you've got to take one hour a day and do what nurtures you in your body, and one day a week to do something that nurtures you in your body. And it's like, and most people never do it. And please do this. It's like, I, I actually, I do this, and it's like, I get more clarity and more creative. Yeah, I know. When I do this, it's like even if like whatever that is, it's like might be taking the dog for a walk on the beach or something, and or it's just like, going for a run, yeah. or you know, or getting a massage or whatever nurtures you in your body. Well, today I went down to the river in Perth, and uh, and it's I noticed pretty. all these. Yeah, it is really pretty. I noticed all these people running and doing all their thing, and uh, I walked most of the time. And then if you look just over the edge under the river. There was these birds that looked like scavengers, but they were like, I was like, hey guys, how's it going? Like, are you doing okay? And it was so nice just to have that interaction. And it's yeah. like, and I came back with so many ideas or awarenesses of what, you know, I could what create. Was actually create or yeah. possible, yeah. And that's the thing people don't get. It's like that few moments that you use just to be and enjoy you is one of the greatest gifts you can give you to creating your own reality. So it's like, 
the inner voice you need is your own reality, not something or someone who talks to you and tells you what you're supposed to do. Because if they're trying to tell you who or what you're supposed to do, it's probably not what you're supposed to do. So what is the definition as well between the inner voice and your awareness? Well, it's like when you're looking for the inner voice, you're looking for a voice. Awareness is this sort of feather touch of what might be possible or what is possible. And it's much more gentle and easy than the inner voice most people you know, do. It's like there were a lot of people who used to come to access and they go, my inner, you know, my inner voice tells me not to come to this. Okay, don't come. They go, yes, but I feel like I should. Okay. So what do you want me to do? I don't having understand. A fight with their inner voice. They're having a fight with their inner voice because their knowing told them it was going to work. And I had one lady who says, my inner guidance told me to, I definitely had to come to your class. Okay, cool. The next time she called him and says, I was going to come to your class, but my inner voice told me, my inner knowing told me not to come. Okay. Next time she goes, my inner knowing told me I had to come to your class this time. Okay, I don't understand why you're telling me this. What about what you know? What's what's your awareness? And the thing is, for me, it's like the real inner voice you should have is the one that's your awareness of everything in life, so you always choose what's going to work for you. Because it's like that's the only inner voice you really need is that level of awareness that gives you the choice to create a greater possibility. And it's like... I always talk about, you know, it's like you go home, you go to, you know, you go home with somebody at night after you meet them at a bar or something and you're, you know, sufficiently inebriated. Yes, to decide that it's perfect, this is going to be great. And then you go home and uh, you go home and you get it on with them and the next morning you wake up and go, Jesus, who the hell are you? You know, and it's like, and you knew you shouldn't, but you did it in. You did it anyway. You know, it's like we know so many times when we shouldn't do something. And one of the things I always ask people to do, go back through your life and look at the places where you knew you shouldn't do something. And you did it anyway. And it's like, that's your inner knowing. That's the, that's the inner voice you want to listen to. The one where you knew you shouldn't do it and you did it. From now on, when you know you shouldn't do it, don't do it. No. But it's recognizing you have that. We all have that. It's just a choice of how we do it or what and we want to do. That's also committing to yourself and being yeah. honest with yourself, committing to your reality. I know I still ask questions and get a no and do it anyway because I think it's... Because you think you want to do it. <laughs> it's, well, that's, it's having that commitment to yourself and your reality and, and your knowing. And yeah, it's bad to have commitment to yourself. Yeah. I'm that could that. turn out very badly. Yeah. Not really. So, uh, yeah, uh, there was a great story I was going to tell, but I forgot what it was now. You're making too much noise. We're on a leather couch. You that wasn't me. That was outside. Oh, that was outside. Okay, yeah. good. That was so, outside. you know, it's like people are going to complain <laughs> about you sliding across the leather. I know. I'm going to have complaints next. Hey, Brendan's the one that gets you, uh, emails, I think. Oh. You, you, uh, you just get them and send them on to us, which is cool. Yeah. So, uh, so I guess the other part of this is, you know, it's like what you got to look for, if you're going to create your own reality and get clear about what your reality is. One of the things, you know, you go look at, you know, what kind of furniture would I like to live with? That starts you on a process. You'll look, okay, what kind of paintings would I like to live with? That gives you an awareness of your perspective. And then 
what kind of things, what kind of life would I like to have? It's like I know in the 70s, I went to Europe and I went to Holland. And I was amazed because when I went to Holland, people there treated their kids so different than they did in the United States. In the United States, if a kid reached out for something you know, that he shouldn't touch, they would slap his hands at that time. I thought, whoa, that's nice. And it's like, and then what I noticed in Holland is they would not slap the kid's hands. they go, no, that's mine. Here, this is yours. And give him one of his own toys. So he got clear about what belonged to him and what belonged to others, which gave him a sense of, you know, ownership of his own stuff, but also a sense that there are things that they don't get to play with if they don't belong to you. And in the stores, I've watched little kids, you know, doing bad stuff in the stores, and everybody who walked by would go, neat doom, which means don't do that. And it's like the whole, the whole society was training the kids about what they shouldn't do and what they could do. And I thought it was just, it was just so much kinder than what I saw people doing in the United States. And I went, you know what, I want to live like that if I have kids. I want to treat my kids where they do know what they're doing. They don't have to have a problem. So I raised my kids from that point of view of, okay, this is what it is. And I looked around and you know, it's like I've watched things over the years. I had some friends one time that were, um, I had two best friends, and I thought the three of us could have a really good time together, so I introduced them to each other so that we could all play together. They got together, and they extricated me, and they pushed me aside and didn't want to have anything to do with me anymore. And I you know, went, you know what? I'm never going to treat anybody like that. That's just cruel and unkind. And so these are the ways you start developing your own sense of your own reality, knowing what you don't want to do to others. And I had friends for years who used to tell me, you got the strangest friggin' friends. I go, uh-huh. That's the reason I'm friends with you, because you're strange. <laughs> yeah, we're all weird. You know, and it's like, and they would go, well, I didn't mean that. I said, yeah, I know, but I do. Yeah. And it's like, and I would be friends with people because they just were interesting because they... It may not have been, nobody was perfect for crime's sakes, but you got to be an allowance of others. And that's funny because that's really where I started to do allowance without even realizing I was doing allowance. Right. Allowance, everything is just an interesting point of view. Nobody's right, nobody's wrong, nobody's good, nobody's bad. It's all just an interesting point of view. And those little tools. And by the way, the Ten Commandments is something you might all want to consider the possibility of buying because the Ten Commandments will give you the basic the basic source of how to get more in allowance and have more choice in life. And that's really an important aspect. So for the fight, we've got two minutes left, I think. Yeah. One minute or two minutes. For we got people, one minute. For all the people that are hearing all the voices in their heads, what, what are we, where are we going to straight up? Who does well, this belong to? Who does this belong to? And is this mine? Those yeah. are the two best tools if you have voices going off in your head. That's really where you want to start to function from. And from Dr. Dane here, is this, is this my reality or this reality? Yeah, is this yeah. my reality or this reality? Because that's the one Dane uses all the time to figure out what his reality is, which is very cool. Yeah, if it so, ain't light, if it ain't not light, right. it's not right. <laughs> so welcome to our world, friends, because this is our world where it's just you're always wrong if you're a man. But it's like, so welcome to our world, and join us next week on 
The Voice America Access Consciousness. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for having us, Mr. Douglas. We appreciate you joining us this week for Access Consciousness, the radio show. To find out more about Access Consciousness, please visit our website at accessconsciousness.com. Be sure to come back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition of our show with Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have an excellent week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.